Welcome to We're Not Finished, a podcast presented by the studios of Key West. I'm Gwen Filosa. I'm a reporter at the Miami Herald. The studios is a leading art institution in South Florida. It's located downtown at 533 Eaton Street. For a list of events and more programming like this, go to tskw.org. Christiane Escobar, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Gwen. Uh, I don't even know where to start. You are a TikTok sensation. Do you know this? Um, what I, I you know what I don't think sensation is the right word because I feel okay. like TikTok is such a great platform for so many people to you know say what's on their mind. But it's you know I've I've been loving it so far. I think TikTok is great. If you want to call it me a sensation, I love that. I'll I'll let my mom know. Well, let her <laughs> let her know you're one. I mean, twenty one million. Uh, oh wait, let me see. Sixteen, eleven point five million views. Yeah. And and yeah. and this. Um, I do have to ask, who is that model, Bella? You have a funny. Um. Yeah. So I don't know who that is? So Bella Hadid. Oh my gosh, Gwen, you we no. got it. I need to send you some some info, some articles. I'm old. <laughs> No, but she's, you know, she's, she's a sensation. She, you know, comes, she's a, a nepotism model. I'd like to call her, um, you know, famous parents, super skinny, probably, you know, eats the best organic food out there. So there's a part of me that's, I'm like, ah, oh, God, Bella, I'm, I'm a little jealous of you, but <laughs> you know, she, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. If she told me to uh, be part of her posse I would totally do it but I thought that video was very funny of her kind of uh I don't want to use the word code switching but definitely you know falling into this like francophone accent and I'm like girl you're <laughs> you're literally from Washington DC I'm, I'm a little confused let's, but, it, let's back up a little bit and I did google her but I still okay. don't get it okay I did okay. google I'm I'm but look, describe the video because it's it's very short but it says a lot Exactly. So it's a stitch. So in TikTok, you can do stitches. So if there's another video on the platform that you, you know, want to add your two cents to, you can do that, which I think is great. So it's like five seconds of her, you know, walking out of um, this. Uh, he's a uh, designer. His name is Jacques Mousse. Um, out of his, uh, I guess I would assume is his uh, runway show. And she's walking out and She's doing this little French accent of like, oh, Jacques did so great, no? And uh, I stitched it and I was like, Bella, you got to quit it with, with the accents. You're from Washington, D.C. It's, it's, it's getting a bit much now. And yeah, I guess people resonated with it. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's a perfect sort of, it makes, it made me think up for a second. And then I'm like, oh, I get it. Cause she yeah. is uh, doing the, um, I, you know how some of the, famous they suddenly develop accents like madonna had one tina turner i love her but she's not english no (laughs) um i i thought that was that was great what what makes what do you think makes that go so uh, i mean people throw the word viral around but 11.5 million views i mean what what makes that what, what what do you have to do to hit home tell us the secret so we can yeah, all be you. i know well gwen i've been trying to find the secrets myself because i'm like wow the, these these my 15 minutes of fame i'm like it feels so nice and it shouldn't but i'm i'm just going to be real with you it, it does it's like i would consider myself you know an 
online sort of comedian and when someone's like hey you're funny you know especially I again and I don't want this to be an issue of like oh men and women but like when men say like oh you're funny to me I'm like oh my marry me oh I'm with you I'm with you it makes such a difference I'm like wow you're not telling me that women aren't funny and that I'm actually like making you laugh that to me oh it just takes me places but anyway um I think with TikTok it's such a mystery platform and I feel like there's so many people and so much discourse online with trying to figure out the code and I for you know when I first started uploading pretty much daily on TikTok I was like okay what's the secret what's the strategy and looking into it and I I mean Gwen there's really not a strategy I feel like TikTok (laughs) is random um, yes, it helps if you're funny, if you have something to say, if you have like a niche, uh, that, you know, risk or, you know, connects with an audience, a specific audience. But I'll tell you, there's some videos that I'm like, this is a good one. And I'll post it and it gets like 500 views. I'm like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. You know, I'll, I'll um, so, I mean, I'll post something of Duval Street in Key West and it, well, and I got a 1700 views. That's a lot for me. And then I did another one and like 50 people were like, this kind of sucked. I mean, they, yeah, it makes no sense to me. And what's, I guess the secret sauce of it is just, I mean, TikTok is going to push whatever TikTok wants to push. And I've been, you know, fortunate to have, you know, a couple of videos. I'd like, I I like to use the word uh, uh, or term popped off. They popped off instead of using viral. I feel like that. Yeah, that's I learned that recently. I learned that phrase recently. it's so great oh my goodness it makes it happen I've got to say TikTok is a remarkable app a friend um kind of suggested it and I'm like I just don't I'm not good at this it's remarkable it's fun it is um and people have become big stars there's a woman I don't have her name on the top man she makes her husband's lunch every day and um, it's delicious food um and uh, like tacos, like she's Latina. Or I don't know what word to use now because, yeah. but uh, she's just wonderful and funny. Lizzo hired her to cook for her. Oh, just uh, that's so casual and nice. <laughs> Blew her <laughs> out. Her. Wow. Blew her out and said, "Cook for me." And um, wow. when Lizzo likes you that much, yeah, it'll take you places. I can't believe yeah. I don't remember her name because I watch her all the time, and I watch a lot of cooking. Why do I? I, I cook because I'm poor I mean I'm I'm working class why don't yeah Christian why am I watching cooking ones TikTok sucks you in that's the thing it's like you just like whatever comes up on your for you page I mean I know eventually the more you use the app like the more curated it is to you and your likes and your preferences but oh my gosh sometimes I'll I'll check my um, screen time is abhorrent I'm like oh why am mine I is mine I don't eight look, hours a day I don't oh I can beat you on that well I'm a reporter and I have to manage a few pages but I don't have so to for you honest. it's for work so you sometimes have to for me but, not really <laughs> but no TikTok um we were I was just talking with a friend because I sent her a picture it's three dogs and a dog likes them to drag him he likes it it doesn't oh, hurt him wow. and my friend's like I can't look at this or I'm gonna be up all night and I, I had to limit yeah. it. I haven't, I'm a couple of days off the TikTok. I'm in a 12 step program. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But I uh, also, here's my, my question for you. I get duped by a lot of these. They're, 
they're fake um oh. or uh, well i think they are a couple a couple of them are but a couple of them uh, my favorite genres are people making fun of bad cooking Ah, okay. And I think the bad cooking is fake though. One, one, one couple made strawberry pasta. I, there's no way that's true. Yeah. I mean, listen, people will run with an idea if they get one <laughs> viral video, let's say, and it was a joke. And that's the thing with, I mean, I just, even going beyond TikTok in general, I feel like with content creation or being a creative online, um, you can't really pigeonhole yourself. And I feel like mm-hmm. with a lot of these content creators are like, oh my gosh, like me, let's say with my Bella Hadid video, I'm like, okay, that's the the formula I'm going to continue using uh, because that one did good. So the rest of them are going to do good too. And I'm going to go viral and uh, get on a Netflix show, right? It's like, no, you you can't do that. Like you have to have variety in your content. So for me, that's something that I've, you know, kind of taken pretty seriously is not pigeonholing myself is having different you know like different series on my on my page and some of my videos are in Spanish some of them are in English and just I want to reach a broader audience and not just have this okay this one video did great and that's what it seems like with these cooking videos are like oh people really liked it and we got a lot of engagement in it so Um, let's just continue making you know shitty uh, food, <laughs> you know. It's my favorite when someone does a stitch, or a, isn't it called a duet? I, I could be wrong. And there, yeah, yeah, just, there, you're, there's you're a there's a fella. He is best, and he'll just sit there and go, "Are you kidding? Damn, this is awful." And uh, and yeah. people who think they're making good food, and everyone's the yeah. comments on TikTok are brilliant. It's the best them. part of TikTok, genuinely. It's it's the comments. I, I could scroll TikTok comments for four days that's what I do they're actually funny wow they are funny I I was watching and then I got stuck on this how come I can't remember anyone's name this um younger fella he makes uh he cooks food the way he did in prison and or and and like here's he'll cut a Mountain Dew can and that's a little cooktop and he'll make a burrito out of like Doritos and it was gross but um uh some but uh, and one of the commenters goes uh why am I watching this as if I don't have pots and pans? At all? No, but oh my gosh, I need him when the like apocalypse comes. Send me his his name, and I'll I'll be like, hey, you want to? I'll fly him out. Lizzo flies out. <laughs> Lizzo her, flies him out. For, for, I fly oh him God. out. <laughs> um, here's my, and again, it's all about me. Uh, a couple of quick questions. Here's the thing. Yeah. I do some stand up, and I've been doing it for a little while. And okay. the guys there are like, why don't you just put up a few jokes? And I'm like, I I am too scared for the criticism. Although TikTok seems friendlier than freaking Twitter. Twitter. Um, oh my, I'm, I'm terrified of Twitter. I am too. Uh, yeah. No. Thanks. <laughs> I follow all these comedians, and I always go, "Are you scared?" And I'm like, "Yeah." But and I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, people get called names that are just beyond um but on tiktok people seem friendlier but i'm just i'm afraid someone will say you know you're not funny i mean i'm hot but in a lesbian 50 year old oh my god there's there's the hot lesbian uh, niche on tiktok you're gonna do well you're gonna do amazing there's i'm telling you i would oh my gosh yeah i mean i don't know if you've uh if you follow if you've seen this creator her name's victoria paris and she's like TikTok's queen, you know, she pretty much got up to a million followers in four months last year. You know, she's one of the like, oh, she started posting during the pandemic type of creator. 
Um, and she just came out as bi and ev- like everyone is just like, oh my, we knew it. You're so hot. Like <laughs> being so just like supportive. And I was like, I, this is what I like, like this type of TikTok. I do. Um, um, I'm more like a, I like. I'm a ski resort lesbian. Not, not really a, I don't know. I don't like that word butch, but I'm a softer, but I just, um, I, I can't even figure out how to get on les- lesbian TikTok. How do you get on the various sub genres? Okay. So that, um, you have to spend time on the app, which I'm like, girl, you're going to do just fine. <laughs> but <laughs> basically going through your for you page and liking what you like and interacting with the content that you like. I mean, you can also, you know, search certain things as well if you want, but that's kind of how I've curated my for you um, is just spending so much time on it. And then TikTok finally starts realizing, okay, this is the content she likes. She only spent two seconds on this video, so she doesn't like it. So let's not, I mean, that's why they get paid. I mean, their algorithm, I'm pretty sure everyone's trying to crack the code on it. So figure it out. Cause I tried it once and it just, I was like, and then am I the oldest person on TikTok? I don't want to follow people in their 20, 30s. I'm okay. But I'm just like, I don't want them to think I'm creeper. Cause I'm not really, I don't think so. Oh my God. No, no. There's a, I mean, that's, hmm, I, I don't really love when TikTok's like, oh, only young people and Gen Z's can be on there. I'm like, no, like everyone's allowed to be on this app. Everyone can be funny. Everyone can, you know, do whatever they want with it, you know? So absolutely not. No, there's no age limit. Although Gen Zers always want to make you feel old. I'm 26 and mm-hmm. I would like to consider myself a zillennial because I'm like, I like playing both fields. <laughs> I like okay. being like, oh my God, this, right. a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, no, even I get called old all the time. They're like, oh my God, you're 26. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in my mid 20s. This is oh ridiculous. God, the world yeah. is awful. I mean, it's just, uh, but I guess, okay, least, what's your least favorite genre or genre? Mine, the Karen th- stuff, it, people are just reaching yeah. for something. Some of these people are mentally ill and they're like, do you see this Karen? I'm like, she's 90. She doesn't, um, yeah. they're just, they're, they're reaching. They're not, um, it's like, well, she had a bad day and the milkshake sucks. Well, I think it comes back down to like what goes viral too, because those, those videos do go viral. They it's do. like, oh, this person, and I'm calling them out on it and listen, more power to you. But it's like, I think what's most like cringe worthy to me is like when people film themselves, uh, doing like, uh, being like generous with like poor people or like oh giving my a, a person a sandwich. I'm like, you don't have to film that. You can just do it. Yeah, like, you don't get credit. That to me, it, not that it's icky, Points but off. it's it's a little. But there weird. is a woman that does that in LA, I think. But she is different than I, I know exactly what you meant because she sometimes has to be tough with people, and she yeah. knows them all. Oh yeah, the the, the black woman who yes, out yes. of her car. Yes, I love yeah. her. Love her, and she because people will go, "Hey, you were rough on that guy," and she's like, "Look, I'm doing, mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing," and she always mm-hmm. calls them um, sweet names of endearment, and she's like king and queen. Yeah, yes, no, she's, she's definitely come up on my for you. Yeah, no, yes, she's she great. is a genius, and um, and I like, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Also, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm a reporter and TikTok breaks news. We have seen oh my God, yeah. from Ukraine to even the more, you know, sillier stuff, people on airplanes uh, flipping out. Yeah. And uh, also yeah. that's getting tiresome. But 
it's great when they cheer because I've been there where we're like cheering for them to get booted. Um, but but what's your least favorite besides the uh, Good Samaritan brag? I mean, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but I've I've never had any like dancing TikToks come up on my for you. It's nice. not my least favorite, but I'm just like, okay, I'm glad I'm not part. Like, I'm glad they're having fun because at the end of the day, that's what TikTok is for. I mean, exactly, it's yeah, fun. I'm, I'm not going to be like, I can't believe like someone like Charlie D'Amelio has all of these followers and she just dances. I'm like, but she's actually, she's a good dancer. You know, she's right. not, I'm not going to follow her or, you know, it's not our cup of content. tea. It's not but our- yeah, I haven't, I haven't, yeah, had that on my very curated uh, TikTok experience. So I not hate, but yeah, I'm glad it's not part of my, my existence online. And I think that's why I resisted because isn't that what it got famous for the dancing during the pandemic or am I wrong? Yeah. So TikTok used to be musically. And I remember I have a brother, he's 13. Um, so he was kind of, you know, up, up and coming with musically. And it was just like people doing like voiceover dances. And it was, it was very like teeny bopper. And I was like, oh my gosh, her- like I'm 20. I shouldn't be on that. Um, but with the pandemic, I think it was a year prior to the pandemic, it got merged with TikTok or it, they changed their name to TikTok. Mm. And they started just introducing like different creators. And I think that's when people like Charlie D'Amelio started um, and stuff like that. And then with the pandemic, yeah, it just boomed because we were all at home you know, yeah, picking our boogers, doing nothing. So <laughs> yeah. That in uh we all remember when we all kind of had to watch Tiger King, like it became a law. Yeah. I, I felt so like I was pretty late to the game and by late it was like two weeks after everyone Same. was like well, I was a couple talking about it. I, I was like, it. I have to watch it. Like I can't not watch it. <laughs> Did you like it? I mean, listen, I no. <laughs> I, I'm borderline. I, it's too long. I found it like interesting and compelling uh I feel bad for those poor animals I'm like you guys need to like hash it out later but like poor animals (laughs) they don't really want to be there but okay that's fine um interesting enough I would never rewatch it or watch I I think there's like a second season out now I'm I'm it should have been shorter it should have been like two episodes I mean, it could have been just like a nice documentary, just a classic one, documentary. One, one and now, done. You know? and remember when that woman got her arm ripped off? Like that, I'm like, that's oh my God. And then she st- was still working there. Still, or she was like, I'm okay. And I'm like, that's when I'm like, they're being exploited for this, yeah. you know, but yeah. the arm thing was bad. Yeah. Uh-uh. You take my arm, I, I will be bitter. I'm done. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Our friendship is changing. And um, yeah. one thing, uh, I didn't watch Bird Box. I'm never going to watch that. Is that what it's called? Which Sound- one's Bird Box? Is that one with- oh, I did watch that one. It's it's pretty good. Okay. It looks scary. Yeah. It's definitely not like, wow, amazing. But, you know, okay. I, a little bit of background. I studied film. So I'm, I do have a little bit of a film snobby side of myself. And a lot of my friends are cinephiles, blah, blah, blah. I just like I kind of want um the like rom-com to come back that's number one and I want just like casual viewing to come back like not everything has to be so heavy and dramatic and like Mm -hmm. that's not really how life is normally and you know Bird Box yeah it's suspenseful stuff like that but it's just kind of an easy watch and I feel like that is also I don't know it it doesn't make make it a bad movie 
it's just, yeah, sometimes you don't have to have this like compelling gut wrenching story, Oscar nomination type thing to watch all the time. I'm like, when I don't know what to watch, I'll just put on Sex and the City reruns because I'm like, I just, I need, yes. I need that in the background. I'm, I'm, uh, I've got my, uh, my guilty pleasures because when I look on, I'm, I'm dog sitting, house sitting, and my friends have Apple TV. They have everything, every channel, every oh, wow. Television. And Nomad Land keeps coming up. I'm like, no, never. And I love Francis McDormand. Yeah. Never seeing that film ever. Me either. It's, sorry, Francis McDormand and lady who made it. <laughs> what are you streaming? What what uh, what are you into right now? So I mean, obviously we got the classics. We got the Netflix. You know, I'm I was I'm a huge YouTube watcher. I mm-hmm. um I love that platform. So it's not really um like a streaming, but I guess it is. Uh, but I've recently because I'm a film snob, gotten into Amazon Prime. Like they have a really good selection of pretty like uh, niche movies. Um, And yeah, I mean, what sucks about it is that most of them you have to pay to rent it, which I'm just like, oh my God, come on. I'd rather just pay like a monthly fee and then just have that in it but that's okay I've I've really been digging it I love HBO Go um recently yeah rewatching Game of Thrones which I'm like why am I doing this why am I doing this to myself again (laughs) that's a hard watch that's a hard it is (laughs) it's it's much easier second time around because the anxiety is so much less because I mean I know what happens at the end good point so I don't know I those, those have been that. my favorites. I binged that years ago. I, why do I binge violent things? We're not supposed <laughs> to binge. It's once a week, maybe. I and you're not going to believe the most brutal series, Handmaid's Tale. I said I would never watch it. Oh, Margaret, wow. I couldn't. I couldn't finish it. I, 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 I think I watched like two seasons, and yes, I was like, I'm I, good. Bye. I went from I can't. I couldn't watch the first episode. I'm like, this is awful. I'm not watching this. Yeah. Then I binged four seasons in maybe three weeks. <laughs> three weeks? Have you you t- you took a long time? I am I am a serial binger. Like really? everyone runs like, are you okay? Like, are your knees good? I'm like, yeah. I'm. I just I when I get sucked in, like I'm sucked in. I can't stop. But Handmaid's Tale why why did I and I googled it and they're like it's misery porn I'm like why would I subject and I listen to true crime podcasts you're right I need to get more into casual viewing and um yeah just mix it up you can still have you know your suspense thrillers true crime but mix it up with just like light like you know a rom-com is always going to be happy at the end you know it's like yeah it's just nice in the background whatever um I will say, if you want a recommendation into like really good, a really good written mm-hmm. uh, rom-com, I would maybe like, like a dark romantic comedy, but did you ever see or watch Fleabag? I haven't. I've heard of it. Is that, um, it's a, it's technically rom-com? Yeah, I will say it's, it's more on the comedy, which nice. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, it is it's just great it's two seasons it's on amazon prime i'm pretty sure it's free on amazon prime and it's short like 25 minute episodes but it's so well written it's written by uh phoebe waller bridge is her name she's a a writer and the star of the show uh and it's just so good i'm like that's the type of rom-com i would love to make or i would love to be part of you know it's so engaging 
funny. The characters are, oh, they're amazing. Yeah, highly recommend. I'm going to, I'll check it out. It's a series scare me because it's so, well, obviously not The Handmaid's Tale. And I got to say, I, last night I popped on Booksmart. I'm really behind. Booksmart is the greatest film. It's great. I I laughed. It it was emotional. Who is this? I've never heard of the beanie. I watched the Monica Lewinsky thing, which was sad. It's disturbing. Uh, But she's, she's better than her brother. I, you know, and he's great. Cons, you know, I, know. I think, yeah, they're, they both have, you know, different strengths. She's, I mean, I did not know that she was related to Jonah Hill at all. I didn't either. I, I was like Googling. I'm like, yeah, they kind of do look alike. <laughs> they, they are, she is a, a gifted um, uh, actress. I mean, she's just like, oh, um, yeah. But I was cracking up. It was um, emotional. It was like, it was oh. just, although the kids at school seem to be too nice. What do you think? yes and no I don't know it's like going into the whole like we all had such different high school experiences and even with like the rise of euphoria and everyone's like I didn't go to high school like that I'm like I didn't but I know people that that was their high school experience definitely right same here euphoria is which is genius but anyway but but with book smart I think that was the high school we wish we'd gone to exactly we're at the end everybody euphoria though I mean sometimes I feel like I shouldn't be watching it it seems a little like there's a lot of things going on yeah. um but yeah the drug scene I I was like mm, a lot of kids go isn't that funny when people go this isn't real I'm like oh where have you been living yeah um, where did you grow up <laughs> no, I'm gonna move there and <laughs> um and and but I, no there's so uh there, there's good stuff out there uh what is your least favorite social media platform um yeah. I am forced to be on Facebook all the time because of work I was people, gonna I was gonna say Facebook <laughs> and people in QS I like it for fun and looking at my friends and their families but it is just toxic when it comes to the political stuff well oh my gosh well 100% I never post on my Facebook at all but I will say because I'm trying to enter my era of being a, a positive individual and this is it's costing me a, a lot okay it's very difficult for me I'm, <laughs> me I'm a pessimist at heart so um I will say I am I, I love Facebook Marketplace. That is like the gem of Facebook. I will I will drive miles to go pick up an antique chair. I'll do it. I'm excited about it. I will I will scroll Facebook Marketplace for hours a day. Nice. Trying to find something. Yeah. It is nice. And Twitter scares me, but I get a lot of news on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, let's see how Twitter changes now with, uh, what's his face? Elon Musk. I, I just, I'm, I'm like, oh my God. And I'm on the side of, I kind of don't care, but then I'm like, that's what you're spending your money on. You could be, yeah, it's you could like, be doing yeah, Come on. Yeah. There's it, so many other things that we can be doing, but if you want to buy Twitter, you know what? For him, it's funny money. It's like, I would, I would love to have billions of dollars for, for fun, but that's okay disposable um well apparently it, sometimes it doesn't turn people into good things anyway I'm, I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop <laughs> Instagram I think is fun and I really that's like my piece that's my piece yeah yeah, and, yeah um, I, I definitely like Instagram too it, it is I'm realizing or kind of noticing that it's becoming more of like a marketplace a lot of so much ads and whatever but which which social media platform isn't I mean I remember when right. TikTok first started and there were no ads. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Now every fifth video on my For You page is an ad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's cool. 
Yeah, it's um and and social media in general. Do you ever feel like you spend too much time? I mean, we talked about TikTok and I we talked yeah. about our screen time, but it's also a way to connect in a world that's so big and I, I mean, I've, you know, I I I think there's a lot of positives. I just I get stuck in the toxic side where it's just angry. People get angry at me. I'm like I'm writing yeah. about crocodiles and QS and you're mad. But um yeah. <laughs> why are you mad? <laughs> you're so mad. But what do you think? What's the downside? What's the positives? What are... Yeah, I think listen, social media what was it made for? You know, I, I always try to go back to like the intention of anything, whether it be, you know, social media or someone telling you you're ugly on, on in a comment on TikTok. I'm like, what's the intention? Are they trying to hurt me? What is it used for? And with social media it's kind of like well, it was used for you to connect with people that aren't, you know, don't live close by, yeah. live, you know, overseas and stuff. And I think that's really great. And it's it, it's kind of exposed not only my generation, I mean, any generation that, you know, had a computer to different cultures, different people, different, you know, wow, people look different than I do and people speak different than I do. And that's really cool. You know, even me at 26, I'm like, I'm learning so many new things through social media that I had no idea about, you know, and I think that's the really, really great side of social media. Right. Obviously on the flip side, you get people that, you know, just take it so far and they have like such confidence of being assholes and not really seeing kind of the, I guess, consequences of their words. You know, there's so many people that deal with mental health and when they are online or are online creators and you get people badgering you all day, every day about negative things about you, it's, you know, it takes a toll. So it does. Yeah. I don't know. It is. Yeah. No, I'm right there the with point, you. you know? I've gotten to watch my friend's kids grow up and I have friends from all over uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm never going to New Hampshire to see my friends. Sorry if you're listening. I, not, I don't see <laughs> that in the future. <laughs> I don't see a trip in the, I don't have that much time off, but I get yeah. to, they, they know all, what's going on with me. And those are the, the things. And, but I'm naive. I just realized recently that the people, some of the trolls are just doing it on purpose. Like they don't really. Yeah weird it's so weird but it just goes back to and listen I don't want to get all like guru yogi but I mean a lot of those people are don't have anything better to do like they're just like really really like I empathize with them a lot because it seems like they're hurting and like even like a lot of videos I agree that I've had um you know I have another series (laughs) which isn't great but I kind of poke fun of Spaniards a lot on my TikTok talk because uh uh I'm Mexican and I'm like oh you know we we don't really like you guys you know you guys were kind of mean to us for a couple hundred hundreds of years um and I've gotten uh people calling me like xenophobic a racist I was like I didn't know Spaniards was a race but okay go off (laughs) that's cool um and this is coming from a white Latina like I'm I'm I am white so I'm not indigenous I'm not so I'm like it's kind of poking fun of me too like so I don't really understand where this like this hate comes from that it's like it's a joke at one side of it and take it at that face value you know it just gets really yeah it gets it gets really uh I don't know like convoluted sometimes I'm like wait is this person for real 
are they joking back at me? I'm yeah. so confused. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to. I made an Amber Heard joke today on Facebook, so you'll never see. Oh, it. girl! And I got oh. nervous. So I was like, "Well, yeah. am I mocking women?" And my friend goes, "Just, it, it's not very funny." But it's, um, it was Elon Musk, and the cocaine was trending because he said that thing about yeah, cocaine. Yeah. But I just got nervous, and I thought, you know what? I, but I, I'm right there with you with the, uh, um, you know, it's like, whoa, I didn't mean. Uh, I, I mean, oh, my, my last question, I know I've kept you too long, but you're awesome. Oh, no, it's fun. <laughs> what if I, I know. What if I put a TikTok of me doing a joke? What, what if someone calls me ugly or, or overweight? I'm oh, going to die. Oh, I get that. I, I get that from like my own family. They're like, you're fat. I'm like, okay, you tell me something new. Like, tell me something new. Like, the thing you is, TikTok no will give you. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, I love it. I, for me, it's, it's, it comes to a point where I'm like, do you have nothing better to do than like call me me names? And, and that goes to people online as well. And I'm just like, I have so much more to offer than just like what I look like physically. And that's what you're like. I made like three really good jokes in this video and you're going to say I'm ugly. Like it's just, come on, you morning. know, you're right. You're right. And we should, yeah, we should. Um, it's, and that's such low hanging for cheap shot, you know, like it's like, and well, the <laughs> thing is with, with women especially women in comedy you know that the first thing that people especially men will say is something hurtful about our physical appearance and I'm just like so over I'm like I would be more hurt you telling me I'm not funny or that joke didn't land than you calling me fat like that's more hurtful to me (laughs) because I get um on their stage and I think I think um because usually I'm I'm pretty likable I've been told instantly likable and uh but then yeah. someone else will come on and I'm like she's hotter than me I'm like why am I buying yeah. into this system <laughs> yeah no well it's ingrained in us too I mean it, mm-hmm. it's a systematic issue it is I mean women will usually do that to fellow women as well and it's good that you're like catching yourself doing it I mean we all do it when yeah when people are like no I've never you know criticized what I'm like if there's someone hotter than me in the room I'm giving her the side eye I'm saying Same. why <laughs> I, I, I will uh, be uh, and I'm you know lesbian so it gets complicated yeah <laughs> you're like it's the inner turmoil <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like but but no you you've inspired me and I want seriously congratulations on your creativity of of Thank your success you. I I think um I think it's great when I see someone getting them you know because you're somewhere someone's connecting especially comedy they're connecting exactly they're connecting yeah and, and it makes yeah. people happy and that's uh, the thing i i have i think we've been talking for an hour but i thank you nice um, i love I, it thank you for coming on because well on this podcast you know it's an arts podcast and i believe comedy yeah. and tiktok and those platforms are an art form you know in a- absolutely i agree yeah well i'm gonna text you all the time and be best friends <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh please start uploading on tiktok i will be your instant number one fan Even and don't worry me. about people being mean like just post it i'm gonna i'm gonna make it happen thank you so much and have, oh, a, oh my have God. a great great day great uh continued success thank you so much I, i'll check you out online i'm super excited thank you for having me this is so fun i know we're gonna ask you back oh I'm let me know as long as we can get the times right I'm sorry I'm, about that my, I have friends in Houston and I'm confused over central like I know Houston oh, are, are you in Austin yeah I'm in Austin oh, okay I recently visited I want to move there oh um, well you should and I don't like any friends place. In, in, 
yeah, I had so much fun and I'm like, this is the most, there are neighborhoods dedicated to fun in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful city. So many people are moving. I'm, I, I'm not a hater about it. I'm just like, uh, the only thing thing I don't, the, the, the raised prices but other than that I'm like the more the merrier you know really because I don't want to I know it's a cliche not as much as moving to Portland Oregon so I'm kind of okay yeah but I I know it's a cliche but I don't I live in Key West I love it but it's too expensive but I when I've never gone anywhere where I'm like I could live here but Austin I was like oh I could I could do this you see it you see the vision you're the best. You're the best. But yeah, we will, um, a million thanks for, uh, sticking with me through the time change. I'm Absolutely. Sorry. No, me too. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, it's just getting funny. I, I'm like, oh my God, are we playing like poke me on Facebook? Oh, right I now? was, <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting for you to just go, please never contact me. Again. Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so excited. But no, no, I promise. Uh, I will, uh, I will be cool about that, but no, take care. And, uh, Emily Landis, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Gwen. So nice to meet you. You too. Same, same here. Now you're on your way to Key West for the Key West Songwriters Festival. Tell us, um, have, have you been before? I have. I came to my first Key West in 2017, and I think I've only missed a year or two. So this will be my fourth or fifth year, and I'm really excited. We leave on Wednesday. We'll be there this time next week, so I'm stoked. That is great. Yes. That is great. And what, um, what, what do you think of when you think of QS? What's your experience been here? You know, it's a rowdy time. They pretty much pick up Music Row, take all the songwriters and drop them on Duval Street, which is do. so much fun. And you're, you're just walking in the street and you see co-writers, you know, people you're fans of. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's so, so much fun popping into the different little island bars and um, I, I'm always chasing around people I'm I'm a fan of. I, last year I saw Dean Dillon, Liz Rose, Laurie McKenna, Brandy Clark. There's just like so much talent down there this time of year. So I'm I'm always so grateful to be a part of this festival. It's really special. It is an amazing festival. It seems to grow every year, and and like you said, it just drops all this talent, and y'all mm-hmm. just run around like it's college spring break. <laughs> but, but you're working. I know you're working. Yeah, it's. It's such a good time. I mean, and especially after the last couple of years of not seeing people too much, it'll feel like a reunion. This is like the first one, um, you know, full on back in action, Key West. So, and I mean, just getting to take pretty much a vacation and call it a work trip is such a, such a great thing to be a part of. I'm always so grateful to be able to go on this trip. Now, what you are super young well, compared to me. You're in your 20s, correct? And are you are you 25 at least? I'm 28. Oh, 28. Okay, well, mm-hmm. that's still super, I'm super still young. young. But Absolutely. You, you got into this business. Um, you've been around for several years uh, writing mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. When I was t- sipping my coffee this morning, I was kind of reflecting on my journey here, thinking like, you know, we're going to talk about all that. And um, this year, you know, May will be five years since I started going to the Key West Festival and August will be 10 years 
since I moved to town. Um, I moved here in 2012. I'm from about 25 miles west of St. Louis. And I moved here to go to Belmont and did the songwriting program at Belmont. And so, um, yeah, it's feel it feels like it's been 10 years, but at the same time, it's gone by so fast that I guess I've spent most of my 20s <laughs> doing music, which has been, you know, all I've ever wanted to do. So I'm grateful to be in the game. No, that's that's a long time, and and striking yeah. it, um, striking gold right, you know, pretty early into it with um with the song that uh, you helped write for Gabby uh, Barrett, um, and uh, what was that like, uh, the good ones? When um, I mean, how where'd that song come from? Well, it's such a wild story looking back on it in hindsight because those first few years of writing songs every day, it becomes such a blur. You're writing with new people all the time, all the new artists, you're kind of betting your ideas on all these different people, planting these seeds, hoping they'll turn into something. And that day in particular, it was in 2019, I believe, February, 2019. I have like my notebook page from the day that we wrote the song. I've like framed, made photocopies and framed them and given them to my parents. But Um, that day we almost weren't going to write with Gabby. I was supposed to write with Jim McCormick and Zach Kale, my co-writers. And Zach was working with Gabby at the time. She was brand new off of American Idol. She didn't even have music out yet. And he said, Hey, do you guys care if I, if we throw this girl in our session, she's an incredible singer. She did really great on the last season of American Idol. And, you know, you always have a better shot with getting a song recorded if there's an artist in the room while you're writing. So we said, of course, let's, let's do it. And that day, it really, we got a great song, obviously, but it felt like every other day, which was just a wild lesson looking back that like, I really do walk into rooms now thinking, oh my God, anything we write today, people could actually hear this, (laughs) you know, before it's like the impossible dream. And then when you see it through, it's it makes it real. But um, all I really knew about Gabby was that she had a boyfriend at the time who she had met on American Idol, who's now her husband, and they have a baby girl together. And that's all really full circle too. But um, she had just put out the song, I Hope, but it was brand new. It hadn't become a huge hit yet. And so all I knew about Gabby was that she's in love, but she, and she has this song out about her ex that really did her wrong. But maybe we write a love song, you know, and I, I was kind of newly dating Alexa. Stop. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I was newly dating my boyfriend, Johnny back then. And so I had this title in my phone. He's one of the good ones. And I thought it was really simple and maybe too simple. Like I almost didn't say it, which is a lesson all in itself to trust your gut and just write something honest. Um, but I said that title and Gabby liked it and she started humming some melodies and Jim McCormick is the one who like, he looked at me and said, I love me like he should one, like he wrote the book one. And I was like, Oh my God, there's a song here. Um, so, and Zach started, he's a producer. He produces Gabby's music. So he started building up a track and that song fell together really quickly. And then Gabby sang it just like it sounds on the record, effortlessly, like sitting down on the couch, she's saying it like that, Um, which, I mean, she's a power vocalist. It was really wild to watch. 
and then she had to leave somewhere around 2 p.m. So me, Jim, and Zach, we all got burgers like across the street and oops. You can hear me, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no problem. My technical problems. Um so yeah, we wrote that song and didn't think too much of it. She put it out um six months to a year later and it she quickly needed a follow-up single for I Hope after that was a huge hit. And she picked this song and the rest was just like a rocket ship ride that I could have never written, you know? And we got to watch this song do things that I never even knew could be on a bucket list. Like this song was a three week number one at radio. And then a day after my birthday, I woke up to a bunch of texts and I'm like, didn't people know my birthday was yesterday? <laughs> but these texts said, your song is nominated for song of the year at the CMAs. And I was freaking out. I was in Kansas city for my sister's wedding. And um, it was just really full circle, really cool to be around family when we got that news and we got to go to the CMAs and sit by Kix Brooks and our table was next to Chris Stapleton and Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. And it was it was Nicole a Kidman. Wild you saw Nicole Kidman right? in person? Yeah, and she like looks like a porcelain doll. She's stunning. <laughs> yeah, so many. I know everyone people. else is famous and talented, <laughs> but that's the one that stands out. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you're part of a number one hit. It's nominated for the CMA. It um, did it put you on the map, or were you already there? You know. I wouldn't say I was on the map. There's there's like a community of songwriters in Nashville where you know, you've heard of names, but um, I feel like once you're on that ballot for song of the year with all, with all of my heroes, these people who, I mean, we went up against Chris Stapleton. It's so crazy. Um, so yeah, it was, I couldn't have, I couldn't have ever predicted that, but I'd say people, people maybe know me and Jim and Zach better than they did before I mean I'm I'm grateful I'm so grateful (laughs) I hear that and and Chris Stapleton won but I'm sure he was like well these are some heavy hitters that were nominated Eric Church Ashley McBride and Uh it is it really is an honor when you're nominated for something like that I mean that's that's our our little song our little love song (laughs) and it's a I never thought about that the I hope was sort of a uh, you cheated on me revenge song a little bit a little bit mm-hmm. and yeah. then and then she follows it up with um and you all follow it up with this love song I didn't even think about the bookend kind of um I love that yeah you know it's it felt honest and she's like here's here's where I came from and here's the guy I met after leaving that guy <laughs> which is mm. yeah she her, she's telling her story through her music which I love very happy for her and I, I wanted to ask you about um when it comes to writing um especially love songs so many so many of the quote-unquote love songs they're they're really about lust I mean they're really more about yeah. kind of like hey I'm, they put the sexuality out there and, mm-hmm. and this song is the good ones is much more sweet tune and I mean what's the difference when you're writing a song about a love song versus well, this one's a little angry country. I love country mm-hmm. angry because it's more like there's humor. It's not as yeah. not Alanis Morissette, who I love, but yes. it's not oh, scary. It's not I love scary. that. 
term country angry well, country angry to me is, is it's like its like, own genre it's it's uh, like almost like hip-hop where it's like well i'm i'm gonna be fine or i met somebody better um but when yeah. you write those love songs is it because it must be tempting to be like oh i'll just write about sex and and um mm-hmm. chasing chasing boys and and um what's the difference absolutely and you know like there are so many songs like that in country music you're so right it's like the it's Friday night, we met at the bar, now we're in the cab, and now we're going home. <laughs> that is a lust song. Um, but I mean, some of my favorite songs growing up were like, br- the first example I thought of when you said like sweet country love song was Brad Paisley's song called She's Everything, mm-hmm. that he's just listing off all these really specific pictures of this girl that you would only really notice if you're in love with someone like she's a yellow pair of running shoes she's a holy pair of jeans she I love the line about like she's in the bathtub and like there's all these images that are so specific but then the chorus is just huge she's everything I've ever wanted everything I need you know like those are my favorite songs the tiny little pictures and maybe we kind of copied that format a little of like here's all these pictures and he's he's one of the good ones he loves me like he should um yeah those those to me are timeless and like hookup songs those are fun and those get people dancing on friday nights yeah no i'm not like we all you know yeah i write those all the time music should be about sex a lot a lot not all of it music but right um, uh but i guess (laughs) what um who are your heroes growing up and I know you probably have a million but who who are the people mm-hmm. that were like okay I want to do what she's doing or what he's doing mm-hmm. yeah I do have a lot but my earliest memories of listening to music and it like stopping me in my tracks was first and foremost Garth Brooks randomly mm. my dad I mean anyone you couldn't avoid Garth Brooks in the 90s but my dad played the radio and my mom played guitar and my dad was always playing Garth Brooks double live and he loved Kenny Chesney so there were just so many great songs that these guys recorded um the dance and if tomorrow never comes and the river all of these songs like I was so young and didn't necessarily know what what they were singing about but I knew how these words and melodies made me feel and um, with Kenny Chesney, it was like the good stuff. Again, all these really specific pictures. I just was attached to lyrics from a very early age. And then there were the country girls. I loved Shania Twain. I loved the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, I was in sixth or seventh grade when I first heard Taylor Swift. I heard the song Tim McGraw. And I was like, captivated by Taylor Swift and the fact that this girl was writing autobiographical songs about her own life mm-hmm. and you know she was a teenager and I was a teenager and I related to her songs about boys and my I mentioned my mom played guitar she kind of raised us on more like the Carpenters Carol King she loved more of the folky stuff which I have more of an appreciation for now um and she also played these old campfire songs. We grew up going to summer camp and that was a big part of my childhood. But um, when I heard Taylor Swift, I was like, oh my God, she writes her own songs. She plays really simple chords. I want to learn guitar. I want to learn how to write songs. So my mom had her guitar and I kind of locked myself away in my bedroom from age like 13 to 18, pretty much when I <laughs> left home and 
uh, learned these really simple songs. Taylor Swift, it's always three or four chords. You move a capo around, you can play them all. And then I would dig into, you know, Dixie Chick songs, Shania. Um, and I wrote my first song in 2008. Uh, my Grammy, my mom's mom, passed away from melanoma. She was pretty young. She was 68. And um, it was my first dose of like using songwriting as a cathartic mechanism of you know dealing with these emotions and I wrote this song called my last goodbye and it's like looking back it's really cute you know just a girl writing a song about missing her grammy um but I told my parents I had written this song and they were like let's let's see it let's hear it but they were thinking like oh god what's what's she doing they they were thinking oh be we're gonna have to pat her on the back and be like that was really cute <laughs> um but I think they were like, wow, there's some, there's some potential here. Like that wasn't, that wasn't bad, you know? Um, I guess that's what they thought. Cause they had me play it at her memorial. And I remember oh, being, I, I remember being so nervous, so much stage fright. I was very shy. I'm still very introverted and, you know, songwriting is a very introspective process, but um, I just was really kind of, fulfilled by the way people were moved by these words and I was like I was always a people pleaser too so I was like any validation I, I was like okay that's great I got their attention which felt good even though I was really nervous to sing it <laughs> oh my god we're the same I'm incredibly shy I was such mm -hmm. a shy little kid that if someone pointed out I was shy I just fell to pieces like if yeah. someone your daughter's so oh, shy same. and and yet I'm I'm out in the community a lot I'm on I do some on stage comedy stuff not comparing myself mm -hmm. to you but I mean and and I love the validation but it, at the same time so nervous and so yeah. um sometimes it's even hard to enjoy the praise well, absolutely like yeah I feel that when I I mean Key West is a little different because I feel like when you play writers rounds and stuff in Nashville people are a little more judgmental about the words and like you're playing to your peers who are like judging your songs. But when you go to Key West, those are real music fans. Mm -hmm. And that's always a lot more enjoyable for me, but it's always after the show is over that I'm like, okay, I'm glad I did that. It's like a workout. I kind oh of dread going into it. <laughs> and I feel the endorphins. And, and people are just like, they, they're like, how, no, there's no way you're shy. There's no way you're nervous. And I think it's kind of a good thing. It means I care. It means we care. Yes, and it's absolutely. important. I think it'd be, if, if I, I tell people, if you weren't nervous about getting on stage a little bit, just a little bit, mm -hmm. that, that would be a little weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, that's great. And um, now Nashville, like, like you just said, the bar is high which is good, you know, but everyone there is a songwriter. I'm sure it sort of must be like, well, I can only imagine going to Yale because I did not even go close where everyone's smart. Like you're there with all, yes. like people are like, I'm the valedictorian. It's like, well, they're all valedictorians. Um, mm -hmm. Does that, does that help? Or is it, um, does that help you kind of hit uh, strive for the top? Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a competitive aspect to it. And I always was a very competitive person. Um, but it can also be like a double edged sword of it's hard to turn it off because you know, everyone's working so hard all the time. And with music, it's hard to have boundaries because I'll go home and I'll be trying to watch a show at night and I'll be thinking about the song that day thinking about words, you know, lines that could be better, 
or you'll get a text, a mix from a song at 10 p.m. from somebody and you're like, oh, they worked so hard on this. I need to listen to it right now and respond. Um, so the competitive edge is great because it does give you, it gives me a lot of drive and makes me want to show up and write something we're proud of. But at the same time, I'm trying to find that balance of, because you have to live life in order to write great songs. You can't just be writing Point. all the time. So I'm trying to find that balance currently. <laughs> and um, what what what's on your Spotify list or Apple, whatever? I'm sure you're an Apple mm. person because you're cool. Um, Actually, I'm Spotify. Okay, um, yes. I'm also still listening to the radio in my car all the time. Oh my I'm, gosh, that's so yeah. That I, I do too. And then I feel like well, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel old school. What what what's on if if we're no one can look at my Spotify because there's a lot of Motley Crue and I'm not even uh-huh. a big fan and it's all Wilco songs. Do you know Wilco? Jeff, uh, I've heard of Wilco. They're the best band ever. Um, I'll have to check them out. No one knows who they are, but anyway, uh, but but what what's on your top? What's on your repeat rewind? Mm, repeat rewind. Well, right now I'm like learning up and down Carol King tapestry record. I'm like finding the new appreciation for all this music my mom played that I didn't get when I was a kid. <laughs> now I'm like, oh my god, these chord changes these melodies I need to take stuff like that and inject it into my songwriting so I've been loving that record um I mean I still listen to Taylor Swift all the time anytime I need like a nostalgia just Taylor Swift on shuffle is great she's great Um, the haters have to that just means you're amazing and and world famous when you have that many people that are that don't listen yeah exactly people love to hate things that are popular (laughs) I was telling um, people, congratulations, you got haters. And they're like, that makes no sense, Gwen. I'm like, no, it does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You've made it when you have your haters. You gotta, you um, gotta in the same Carol King vein, I've been loving the Carpenters. My mm-hmm. mom listened to that, all that stuff. And I've been loving just learning all those on guitar. Um, but then I also listened to a lot of like R&B growing up, like Usher, Neo, uh, Nelly. Chris Brown I've been like re-listening to some of that just because uh Alicia Keys I love her she reminds me of the revamped Alicia Keys John Mayer I've been listening to a ton because we're about to go see him in Chicago tomorrow we leave for that trip I can't wait not Um, a huge fan but I'm teasing I'm totally teasing (laughs) yeah he's he's amazing too look I'm one of those popular so popular (laughs) people want to hate him I know I'm one of those people now I'm I'm part of the problem um I, I promise I'm gonna let you guys have uh well first of all I want to encourage you to listen to this song by Wilco I am trying mm-hmm. to break your heart it's the greatest song ever written I am trying I'll text I, down. I yeah, am thanks. trying to break your heart and uh I Perfect. just I just think that you would um you would totally love it and the last thing I always ask singer songwriters this okay I have a baby Taylor guitar it's actually on top of my refrigerator. I can't believe I'm putting it. <laughs> I, I, I tried to learn it on YouTube and it, it, guitar is hard. I can play. Well, I used to play piano when I'm, you know, but mm-hmm. guitar is hard. Emily, how am I going to learn this? Should I take lessons? Should I, it's too hard. You know, I've never taken lessons, but I would try. I mean, you got to start with like simple chords. And for me, it was like, if I learn three chords, I can write my own songs. So I'd but start with hard. D, C, and D. <laughs> D and D? Okay, it's G, hard. D, C, and D. 
and then there's frets i don't know but it's a beautiful I guitar i don't know why i have it, it it's uh, oh oh if, i and, mean you I'll, we can jam i'll learn something in a week no i'm kidding and final, yeah in key west <laughs> we'll jam on wilco and final question do you ever just you have guilty pleasures with music do you ever just like stuff you wouldn't want people because i have so much One of that where thousand percent yes i want to know who yours are bon jovi because um, now they're amazing oh great see i'm a lot great. older than you i'm like twice your age <laughs> in high school we were like we don't like bon jovi we like you too totally. rem totally. no i don't i don't like rem i've never sorry never i like bon jovi <laughs> and poison yes poison oh that's amazing uh i was gonna say mine embarrassingly enough i'm not embarrassed to admit um i grew up on like the popular boy bands of the 90s, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. I recently found my uh, Baby One More Time, Britney Spears CD. That is the best song, Baby One More Time. (laughs) Sorry, that CD is- And I played it top top down in my car, top to bottom. And I remembered all the songs and like, all these melodies are so good. Those yeah. Max Martin Swedish songwriters who write these huge monster hits. He wrote the biggest Backstreet Boys songs and Britney Spears songs. Um, yeah, and there's a song on that album called Email My Heart that is so hilarious mm-hmm. to listen to, to now. Update that. She's going to have to update it to text. So funny. Um, yeah, text my, my heart. heart. Snapchat my heart. <laughs> Snapchat. But but um, is it the Backstreet Boys song, the best song ever written um, is um, I Want It That Way? Is that what it's yeah. called? That's yeah, the, um, absolutely. That is the greatest song ever. I, when we get off mm-hmm. this interview, I'm I'm going to go listen to that. Right. So. Guilty pleasure. Tell me why. <laughs> it's just the greatest song. Emily Landis, you've been <laughs> so amazing. I kept you so long on this um, Zoom call. Congratulations on everything. Thanks so much, and, Gwen. It was so nice to, to chat with you. And I hope I get to see you next week. I'm going to be out there. I love the Songwriters Festival. It's such, I think it's one of the best things we have. And yeah, mm-hmm. we'll probably run into you on Duval or Publix. We don't know. Yeah, and, um, exactly. Good luck with that baby Taylor on top of the fridge. Well, now I need to, um, so I've annoyed so many singer songwriters. No, you've been great, but a couple of them are like, look, just play it. I'm like, no, it's hard. Keep at it. Even when your fingers hurt. All right. (laughs) I'll do it for you guys. um, (laughs) Thanks. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you in Key West. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to We're Not Finished, a podcast presented by the Studios of Key West. The Studios is a leading art institution in South Florida. It's located downtown at 533 Eaton Street. For a list of events and more programming like this, go to tskw.org.